Texas podcast. My name is Shelby. I'm Vincent. And today we're going to talk about a guy who is um, listed on Wikipedia as a writer, commentator, public speaker, actor, murderer, and cannibal. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty cool guy. Quite the array of yeah. items. He actually became famous for any of those only because of being the cannibal. Yeah, that's true. He wouldn't have been very famous for a murder if he hadn't also been cannibal. I think they put it as like he became part of public interest, yeah. which to me just sounds like... Oh, that's a cool thing. What's that about? He basically turned himself into a public figure. It's horrible. For um, eating someone. So his name is Issei Sagawa. He was born April 26th of 1949, and he's still alive today. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty small Japanese man. He's four foot nine. He's very weak and pale. He has a pretty like far back receding hairline, but he just like leaves his like wispy hair oh, on forever. Gross. Yeah, he looks very bad. He was actually born prematurely, which is probably part oh, of yeah. the reason why he was so um, small for his whole life. In fact, he came out and his father could hold him in the palm of his hand. Yeah, he was very small, which. Um, I don't know if you could use that because they talk like nothing of this guy's childhood. No. They they talk a little bit about the things that he like he quotes you know himself thinking some things that I'll I'll, I'll mention if we miss it. Um, but a lot of uh, people who do things like this, a lot of people who cannibalize other people, a lot of these things happen very young, and many of them who become serial killers have like head injuries or are like heavy alcoholics. And they don't talk about any of that, and you know, like maybe the um, what is what did he get um, in enteritis? Enteritis, yeah. That's more in the small intestine. Yeah, that's more in the stomach. It could have just been because he came out too early. His you know brain could have developed a little differently. Maybe the injections of the the potassium and calcium and saline that they gave him that made him recover. Maybe it had an effect on him when he was so small. Well, I think it would just be, even if that didn't happen, probably just that his his brain developed differently. I heard recently even that um, it's possible that people who molest the children are... This is a little bit off topic because he's not really molesting children. Um, but they're like kind of born that way and not exactly learned that way because a lot of them just have these same traits over and over. Um, one of his first signs, at least to himself, of something being a little bit odd was in first grade mm-hmm. when he saw a classmate's thigh. Doesn't say gender at all, just says a it classmate. It actually says male. Does it? Which I thought was interesting because he never talks about males in that way ever again. I don't think that it had to deal with anything sexual yet, though. Um, but he, uh... He saw that thigh and went, oh, man, I would just love to eat that. Specifically, he says in his head, he thought, hmm, that looks delicious. <laughs> I got some quotes. I got a few quotes, too. Um, He's an interesting guy. So what that has to do with is um, like types of a paraphilia, which I was learning about for this. And he has one specifically, or there, there's one specifically that is like people who derive pleasure through like harming victims or, you know, raping people, or even some of it's just like fantasy rape. They're not all necessarily bad, I don't believe. Um, but generally, people who have these, uh, 53% of males who have such things, they learn them um, before they're 15. So it's not strange that he had these thoughts so early on. In fact, it makes more sense. Even though he grew up in a with a pretty like opulent family, his family knows. was very rich. His dad's the president of a water company mm-hmm. in Japan, and they clearly, by everything that happens, have tons of money and influence. Yeah, and at least to a certain extent. I mean, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. But this man was like, "I'm gonna do everything for my son." Yeah. Or so at least everything s- for the family image. Yeah, it doesn't seem, again, behind closed doors, it doesn't seem like he was necessarily beaten all the time or anything. He never talks about it, and he's very open about everything. So uh, you'd yeah. think if he had experiences like that, he would have said something. 
Um, he also says that when he was young, um, he partook in bestiality with his dog. Oh, yeah. And um, when he was younger, he started experiencing the the want to eat women. Um, that kind of brings us to his first attempted attack. Yeah. So he um, he he grew up in the the Kobe Hyogo Prefecture in Japan um, with his wealthy parents, and they uh, were able to get him into the Waco 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 probably Waco. I'm not sure. Um, university in Tokyo for a degree in English literature, and that's where he became attracted to a German woman that was teaching him. Uh, I believe she was teaching him. She was teaching him English. Oh, I'm but not sure, actually. I didn't, I didn't read too much into her. Um, he later told reporters, quote, When I met this woman in the street, I wondered if I could eat her. Hmm. That's something that I wonder He often I has uh, thoughts like this, too. It's it's not like all of a sudden this happens. It's yeah. he, he goes on he saying... He probably thinks that about most women. <laughs> well, in fact, later on, he, he, he says basically, like, out loud in interviews, like... Every time I see a cute girl, it pays me pains me to think that like, oh, I'm not gonna eat that girl. Yeah. I better I better get up on that. Yeah. Um. So he thought about it for a while, and he was like, man, I really do want to actually try and eat this mm-hmm. girl. So he wasn't very prepared. He just kind of went for it. Um. He snuck into her apartment, and he was very lucky. The window was just like open or something. He just got in. He didn't really have to break in. Mm-hmm. And he came completely unprepared, so he had no weapon, and he was stuck in her room. I believe he room. said he was he was going to rip off a piece of, of her? her. Yeah, that's oh, how he just, put it. Just like, just like that. We, he had his plan was to like rip off a piece and just like get out <laughs> and of there, just run, and then just like leave her. There? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's that's has a lot to do with um, like the antisocial personality disorder that people have, where. They, he has no sense, like, he's not worried about the consequences of doing this because he wants to do it so bad. He doesn't really care that he's going to hurt this person, so he's not exactly asking them to do this. He's just breaking in, and it's very impulsive. He's not exactly thinking everything through. He's like, gotta do it, gonna do it. You know, it's building up, I'm doing it now. So he um, looked around the room for something that he could knock her out with, and while he was doing that, she woke up and screamed, so he left. Yeah. Didn't, didn't do anything to her. Um... I heard that he, um, I heard he was pushed to the ground by her, actually. She was, he overpowered her and that the police were called on him. Really? Yes. What I I read was that, um, she woke up pretty much, screamed, somehow, um, maybe he did run out, but, um, I'm pretty positive that the police got him in some way and he was tried for, um, attempted rape. And mm. in the back, because I remember specifically, he was like, instead of saying I was going to eat this lady, I just let it be rape, because I feel like that'll look a little better, which is a horrible thing for a human to to think and be correct about. I do know that after that time, he um, started seeing a psychiatrist. I don't know if it was because of the charges. Maybe they, Japan's very good about that sort of thing, whereas in America, we'd be like, it's okay, just let them out they served their time but yeah japan's very good about mental health better than we are so um i mean you got smaller space you probably want to make sure everyone inside of it is yeah <laughs> so a little bit healthier he went to see a psychiatrist and that's where he actually did confess that he wanted to eat her at that time um and that was the first psychiatrist that talked to him and understood his real problems and and that guy wanted to deem him like a danger to society and get him off of the streets so after the psychiatrist expressed his concerns um Sagawa's father managed to like do a cover up and that's when he sent his son out of the country so that's when he got him the so that's when he got him into the university at Paris mm-hmm. and though I believe that he also again I read that he, uh, at this point he um was attempting to go to another school or something and he failed so he went to Paris because it was much easier to get a literature yeah. degree yeah so not that he was necessarily the smartest person but he was still able to, and attempted to uh, enter our university. We're just going to leave that beeping in. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> and he, I believe, emigrated in 77 to France. 
for a yeah literature degree. Seventy-seven. Yeah, that's what I got. What you got? Oh yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he was there. Another great quote from him mm-hmm. uh, during one of his interviews was that um, where they asked why he hadn't attempted anything earlier. Um, he went on record saying, almost every night I would try to bring a prostitute home and shoot them. But for some reason, my finger froze up and I couldn't pull the trigger. Wouldn't he just like he would he would sleep with them, wait for them to get up and go to the bathroom and just stand behind them while they were like washing up and just point a gun at them without them knowing it that sounds like him i'm not sure because that's basically his mo is he would be behind them and then just and these women had no idea that somebody was standing behind them with a gun because by the time they were done and turned around he, he liked to stalk people pretty much um part of the fantasy was definitely having sex with these women that he he wanted them to be you know like more beautiful more attractive smarter stronger than him taller he definitely wanted a very tall woman he's he, very open about knowing that he's not an attractive man like oh yeah. he talks about how he just doesn't like how he looks he doesn't feel comfortable with himself so having this like attractive woman with him and then having that sort of power over them even if they don't know it Let's, like, give him a kick. And that's what you see in all kinds of serial killers and people who have this sexual sexual deviancy where they want to be stronger. They want to feel stronger than everyone else. It's part of getting off. It's He actually isn't so much a process killer in the sense that he has to kill someone to get off. He's apparently able to get off beforehand. He's very much more about the fantasy of it all. Yeah, at, at first. That's where um, escalation comes in, where every time he's probably getting closer and closer, and then what actually sets him off is when it's not quite the same situation, and there's just, like, a flip that switches, and he's like, gotta do it now. Like, he, there's no stopping him. And he fetishes uh, cannibalizing these people because of how weak he sees himself. He wants to feel... He wants them to be a part of him so he can eat their energy yeah, and consume it. Yeah, he talks about that all the time. Mm-hmm. He just... They will forever be a part of him. Yeah, he gets to hold this beautiful woman inside of him forever. Again, it's a sign of him wanting to have his power over these people who he finds is better than him. He probably thinks very lowly of himself, which to me implies that he was probably beaten or something. Or like, bullied real bad or something. But there's nothing. There's absolutely nothing on that that they really talk about, which is strange. Maybe they just hide it, which, again, expect like, rich father... Maybe he beat that part of him wanting to expose that out of him. Yeah. So while he was in Paris, he met the woman he decided he would be his um, first real victim. So mm-hmm. he took his time and At decided least he, again, he, he thought so. I mean, every other one could have been. Yeah. Every time he expected to, but he just failed to do it. Uh, but he decided that he would really like take his time and be more prepared this time because he clearly wasn't prepared the first no. time. And you'll you'll see that even even later on, he's still not prepared. And um, this woman was Renee uh, Hartvelt. She was 25 with a great future ahead of her. She was going to the same school as him. She spoke three languages and planned on getting a PhD in French literature. Mm-hmm. She was, I believe, she was six foot five. She was very she was tall. She was very tall. She was a very beautiful woman. I believe she. What's his? Do you have his type exactly written down? He says, like, he wants women with, like, long brown hair, I think. I he think wanted, brown like, hair. And, like, like, a Dutch woman German, or a Dutch German. Women. There you go. German woman. He think had a very like specific... big milkmaid woman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he wanted, like, everything to be as buxom as, you know, tall but slender but, you know, curvy. He loves thighs and buttocks. Those mm-hmm. are his, his big things. Oh, there's a great quote about the oh, buttocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, in order to get close to her, he decided to have her teach him German. And with his parents' money, it was really easy to pay her to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the way, though, they kind of became friends. Um, he says that they had really good conversations, and she seemed to like really respect his intelligence. They talked about books and about art and... Um, 
despite he says that he has a very like feminine appearance mm-hmm. and he walks with a limp and she was this beautiful woman but she was still willing to like go to concerts go to exhibits with him in and fact she um felt comfortable going to his house at night alone mm-hmm. she felt completely comfortable with him somehow and she would invite him over to her house for tea like they mm-hmm. they would go over to each other's houses he said that they even danced together once Limpy dance, or you just sort of little dance. She with probably this tiny picked man him. And she this probably giant picked woman. him up and just like dragged him across the room, <laughs> like you see like large women do in like yeah. movies with their their um, nephews. Um, but this whole time he's just fantasizing about killing her and getting close every time to her. probably getting closer and closer, and just the fact that she trusts him, making it even that much deeper that he can lord this power over her, that he's he's slowly gaining, he's he's tricking this person who from the start he intended to eat. He had decided that the way that he was going to convince her to come over and distract her in a way was to have her read his favorite poem out of a book and ask her if he could record it while she was reading it so mm-hmm. that he could um, keep listening to it probably his excuse was to work on the language and I believe um, he didn't intend for or no I was thinking of something else I, I thought that he didn't although he like had the gun he didn't intend for her to die I believe he just wanted to eat... Oh, maybe I'm thinking of the first woman, probably. Probably the first woman. Where he just wanted to get a piece of her and walk away. I'm probably thinking of the first woman. Though I'll probably have to go check that yourself. (laughs) Um, So the first time that he asked her over to read the poem um, and not record her, after the meeting, he licked the place where she had sat and then started fantasizing about eating her. Um, When... Um, like after um, eating with her several times he would take the plates and the utensils and he would lick them and like they would eat with chopsticks sometimes and you would lick the ends of the chopsticks could you just imagine like like you bring a plate you bring my plate into the kitchen and then I'm like I get up to get a glass of water and you're in the kitchen just like licking my plate and what are you doing inside the kitchen with me as I lick your plates well that's what I I was going to get a glass of water well yeah oh okay and then I catch catch you yeah (laughs) That'd be so weird. That wouldn't be that weird. That'd be really weird. No. Really? Are you still hungry? Yes, I'm starving. Can eat something. (laughs) Okay. He um, said, though, that he felt as though he could taste her lips when he would do this. He really fantasized about her lips all the time. Mm -hmm. He was always fantasizing about eating them. Oh, there's a a detail I saw when I I, um, saw some of the, um, the, um, the photos of her body later on. Oh, there's a lot of photos. They um, they are rough. I would not at all suggest looking up these photos because they are, they're, they're you know they're crime scene photos. There's no detail spared to you. Mm-hmm. You get to see. And we're in some about cases, to get into nothing. some like really gruesome, disgusting things. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't suggest listening if you have a problem with that. <laughs> You're probably fine. I definitely wouldn't look up the pictures if you have a problem with that. So he decided to have her over read the poem so that he could record it. And that happened on June 11th, 1981. Mm -hmm. Um, He decided to kind of prep her and make her easier to handle by putting some whiskey in the tea that they drank together. And he had her sit on the floor Japanese style. She was kind of like, wow, this is gross and kind of cold. Yeah, like, what's wrong with this tea? Ew, I don't... You should never make the tea. I'll do it next time. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, this doesn't taste like it normally does. They had tea together all the time. You think she would know? Maybe he'd been doing it the whole time. Maybe. This is Japanese special tea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so after the, tea. after the whiskey had time to soak in, he decided to tell her that he loved her and that he wanted to go to bed with her. Hmm. That's a good that's a good attempt. Yeah. And she was like, um, no. She explained that she saw him as just a friend, but not someone that she was really sexually attracted to. So he nodded, gave her the book of poetry, and started the recorder. In which case that woman should have been like, I'm gonna be awkward and leave now. Yeah, and be like, This is not a good time to read the poem, I feel strange. And and of course I'm sure that in turn also like the fact that she said no probably pushed him over another, like, beyond another barrier that he, he, you know, let's say they did end up having sex that night. He probably would have froze up as her back was turned. Mm-hmm. 
almost as if that humanizes the person more is their willingness to sleep with them even if it's only seen well that probably uh, diminishes a person's value is them willing to stay the night with him as as a whore would pretty much mm-hmm. he would get these whores to stay with him and he wouldn't kill them probably because he saw them as lesser and not quite as attractive so as she read the poem, he came up behind her with his rifle, and he shot Which, her. by the way, a, a rifle. Like, he showed up with a rifle for this yeah. very large gun that I believe he went out to buy just for this. And uh, he shot her in the back of the neck. Mm-hmm. So she fell um, forward onto the floor, and he, like, continued to talk to her the whole time. And he said that, you know, obviously she didn't respond. And... He said that he was surprised by how quiet it was. Really? Um, some of these definitely have uh, different information, which may be him, like, giving out different information. I heard that he immediately passed out. Really? Yes. Um, I didn't I didn't read that that happened at all. I, I read that, she pat, that she, he shot her. He immediately passed out when, like, after the vote went out pretty much. He woke up later, and in a frenzy, he was like, oh, oh man, I gotta go. I should get out of here. And he's like, well, I mean, I'm already this far, and I might as well get, I gotta do it now. I gotta do it now. What are you talking about leaving? I read that he was surprised by how quiet it was, and then he started to notice the amount of blood that was coming out of her wound, and he tried to clean it up, but he eventually gave up because mm-hmm. there was just too much. Strange. Wonder... I mean, I'm sure that that's from him, so that's probably correct. And I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, if more information came out and he rescinded his, like, oh, I fainted and was just like, here's what actually happened. Because that's what a lot of these guys do, especially once they've been found out. He probably could have said that a long time ago to, you know, distance himself from just being okay with it so fast. Because and he also wrote, like, he wrote a book about... Yeah. murder and um, they say that some parts of that are fictionalized mm-hmm. so I don't know which parts are people are assuming happened he and wrote which ones. a part of it and he had someone else write a part of it which I believe when the first book came out was uh, someone wrote it about him and that's when he started to gain this strange amount of macabre fame yeah so after that he removed her clothing with a lot of difficulty he said that it was a lot harder than he expected it to because it's limp weight it's just it's literally dead weight so after he removed her clothing he chopped off the tip of her left breast and her nose he did that immediately i thought he raped her first as well no i think he did that later tough guy um and he immediately consumed them Mm -hmm. in fact he um i heard that immediately he tried to bite through the flesh in order to eat her and he could not get through it so he, he went to get to, a butcher's knife he he says that he said quote i touched her hip and wondered where i should bite first and he chose to bite her right buttock and that's when he found that it was really difficult to bite into and also that he had a headache <laughs> that sucks. throw that in there and it takes some pills for that and maybe head to the store get a big old butcher's knife he also talks about seeing um, parts of the wound that are kind of, um, like you can see the fatty tissues. Kind he, of. he talks about um, cutting through her butt and saying that there's just so much fat, it looks like popcorn, I believe he said. I think so. And yeah. he said it's just kind of oozing. Yeah, and he's just like cutting deeper and deeper before you actually get to any lean meat on it. So nothing that he could actually eat, which I'm sure he probably tried something. Um, then when he placed a piece of flesh in his mouth, he said, quote, it melted in my mouth like raw tuna in a sushi restaurant. Mm. Um, uh, fun fact, he, um, is very often, almost always depicted in pictures eating sushi, most likely because he views it as a very similar experience to consuming human flesh. Ugh. Especially since he, he, he immediately equated it to that in many photos, and you'll, you can see them. He's he, holding uh, sushi with chopsticks and eating it. It's that really, um, it's like got a weird angle on it, and his head looks really big. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's several as well. But yeah, there's the one where he's got his like head down, and yeah. he's eating he's, as he's pulling it towards his mouth. So, I mean, at this point, he was just, like, absolutely ecstatic with himself. He had waited till the age of 32 to finally achieve his, like, biggest desire in life, mm-hmm. and he had done it. And completely fulfilled it. He, 
enjoyed it like to every bit. He he spent the rest of the next two days cutting off more meat to save for later, eating it, putting some of it in the fridge, yes, and then he, he used an electric carving knife to cut her into parts. And he laid strips out of the flesh to store for later, and then just kind of like snacked on some pieces as he was going. Mm-hmm. And then he made a quick meal of the flesh fried with mustard. Yes. Um, Later on, he, uh, I believe he says that he would make a shabu-shabu. Yeah. As it would savor the flavor and and hold on to more of its natural taste. There's a couple options. Yeah, there's three or four. He he talks about what he thinks is the best Mm -hmm. way to cook the meat would be. So that truly it does them honor as you consume them and eat them and, you know, hold their soul within your body and consume their energy. But after this mustard meal... That's when he took pictures of her corpse, and then he engaged in necrophilia. And there are just tons of pictures of, of her corpse as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Um, and he mentioned that, um, like, during the necrophilia, he said, quote, when I hug her, she lets out a breath. Mm. It's not really a breath anymore, buddy. You took that from her. Um... And as he kept cooking and eating the meat, he listened to the recording of her that he had taken, reading the poem. And uh, when he was done eating, he used her underwear as a napkin. Well, I mean, obviously. It's just lying around now, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's not very clean. This was like at the end of the night. So next he tried cutting off her breast and baked it. But he said it was too greasy and he didn't enjoy it. (sighs) Gross. I would be kind of fatty, right? I could see it being greasy. I, I just don't know what it would be like to eat at all. He much preferred her thighs, he said. I suppose um, that makes sense. He took what was left of her corpse to bed to sleep with and decided that he would get rid of the evidence in the morning. I find it so strange that he could possibly take something that had so much gone to his bed. Like, how much plastic did he lay down? Did he just straight in the bed? I don't know. There's got to be tons of blood everywhere. Yeah. There's no way that this ended like, and it was a pretty clean, you know, and then it was fine. He dried it out and a bit like beef jerky. There's pictures of the crime scene because he really didn't bother to clean up. And no. you, they're all black and white. So you kind of look at them and like, is that blood? Is I that guess real? that's blood. That's like everywhere. Mm-hmm. If that's blood. Because he just, he really wasn't caring about cleaning anything up. Yeah. He just immediately gave up. And he basically just cut into wherever he felt like. He tried several places. You can see a part where most likely he tried to bite off her lip. Mm-hmm. You can see that there is he basically... He cut her lips off. The um, upper portion of her thighs is almost entirely gone. So when the body didn't smell in the morning, he decided that it was probably okay to still have some more. So he chose her arm. Um, because it was the first piece of her that he had become like infatuated with. That was what he saw at school was her this the, her arm, and he the most attractive thought, part of the woman. <laughs> he thought that he really wanted to try that. Um, so he said, "quote I had no idea that it would taste so good." He decided to try some more of the undesirable I find, body I find parts. That very hard to believe that he did not believe it would be so delicious. Uh, well, there's some parts he didn't like. He said... Well, but I assumed that this guy has been thinking forever that every single piece of her would be yeah, absolutely would be magnificent. Uh, he tried the anus, but he said that the smell was too much, so he spit it out. But then he was really determined. So he tried to fry it, but the smell didn't go away. So he gave up. Mm. He's, he was really going to try that. Well, he should have bleached it first. That's true. That Well, then he... Never mind. Uh, well, I mean, it's you don't soak it in the bleach. You just you just dab the outside. Um. So by now there were some flies on the corpse, so he decided that like fun time was over. Mm-hmm. He used a hatchet to chop her into pieces that would fit into a suitcase. Um. And was it just one or was it two? I think it was just one suitcase because she didn't really fit very well in it. Mm-hmm. Um. And as he was dismembering her, he became so excited that he had to stop and masturbate. Just yeah. couldn't handle it. Loved it, in fact. That's what that's what basically defines a process killer is him getting the sexual gratification afterwards as opposed to beforehand. And I'm sure every time that he, he blew his load, it was like the most amazing thing ever because it's the first time that this has happened to this guy. So far the last. And most I've- likely the last forever, actually. He's just been, like, imagining this for so long that, like, getting the gratification of doing it 
is like what makes him so excited. Like I don't well, even exactly. know exactly. That's what a process kill. It's the act of doing it is 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 what makes him enjoy it so much. It it wouldn't you know coming across a dead body would probably be like okay because you know if it just like was a fresh dead body and he could eat him it would be all right but the fact that he went through killing her he went through this whole process with her he he got this person to believe in him and be friends with him and then even like politely rejected him and was still like no this is fine we can we can still do this that's what that's the difference between a, a process killer and um I forget what the other one is. There's two. There's two types. I believe it's on that show we've been watching. Even on Mindhunter. Yeah, I believe it's. They talked about on Mindhunter a little bit of it. But um, yeah. There's a there's a kind of killer who gets off during it. And the act of doing it is is what gets him off. So as he was uh, finishing chopping her up, he chewed on her nose, and he mentioned hearing the cartilage crunch, mm-hmm. and that was when he cut off her lips to save them for later because he often fantasized about chewing on them. He like beef jerky, yeah, like yeah. a delicious bubble gum. He also um, he really wanted to remove her tongue, but it was really hard, so he struggled with it for a while, and then when he finally got it out, he watched himself eat it in the mirror. <laughs> Oh boy, I am surprised it was as hard as it was for him. He seems very capable at this point of just removing whatever he she wants. She might have been starting to, you know, like you'd have to get her jaw open. Yeah, but um, rigor mortis actually kind of like, well, I, mean, I don't know necessarily that he would know this, but like you can kind of like crack out rigor mortis. Yeah, but if he was afraid to, you know. I don't think he was. It takes a lot. I don't believe at all that he was slightly afraid to. Um, he then decided to explore her in- internal organs a little bit, like with his bare hands, so mm. much so that the stomach acid was stinging his hands. Oh boy. And then he, um, to finish it all, cut off her head. So by this time, it had taken him so long just to, you know, prepare the body that it was midnight of the second day. Mm-hmm. So he called a cab for the Boy de Boulogne. Yeah. Which is a park? Um, is it? Well, it says it didn't carried, say specifically. Carried the where suitcase I saw. into the park. Okay. Um, I wasn't sure if it was a park that had like a lake or something. Yeah, well, it has a pond because he was planning to throw the suitcase into the pond. Okay, I assumed it was a bigger body of water. Uh, but it was really heavy, and this like couple saw him struggling with it. So when he noticed them, he ditched the suitcase there and ran away. That does not seem very smart. No. You, you might as well just, just be like, with you. oh boy, this is pretty heavy. Sorry, it feels like there's a body in here, which is like <laughs> 90% of serial killer stories. Like a guy walks into a store and he's like, oh, well, that's funny. I got like three severed heads in my backyard. And yeah. everyone laughs and, they, you know, that guy goes home to his three severed heads. There's Kemper. one guy that I want to talk about later that that didn't work for. Um, he went to his neighbor and he was like, hey, can you help me bury a body in the backyard? He like asked to borrow a shovel or something and the guy was like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like immediately called the cops. That's funny because of how much that works for it like everyone. <laughs> like um, Son of Sam would often be like, or not Son of Sam. I believe he was too too meek to, to talk to anyone about it. But uh, there was definitely someone who was just like, man, it'd be funny if I had one of those bodies in here, wouldn't it? Or um, uh, Gacy. Gacy, who talked to cops all the time, was very willing to just like make puns about that and uh kemper mm-hmm. so they called the cops that couple that saw him and when they saw renee's head sticking out of the suitcase um well they called the cops when they saw the head sticking out of the suitcase and the police started immediately working on tracking down who had purchased the suitcase mm-hmm. Um, while that was happening, Sagawa went home, and he ate another meal of her. As Delicious. He looked at some pornography. Felt content. Mm-hmm. He uh, ate another piece of her every day, saying that they got sweeter with time. Ugh. Hmm. It's the opposite of what meat does. Yeah, it's ours. You don't want that. That's, um, that's got to be mostly psychosomatic, is, is the taste getting any kind of better? Yeah. Probably felt like he was, like, fermenting it instead of it rotting. Yeah. Um, pa-pa-pa. 
So the police got to his apartment two days later with the search warrant. They very easily found the body parts in the fridge. He pretty much just, he, they Had didn't even everywhere. need the search warrant. Yeah. They, he just let them into the apartment. And then once they found the body parts, he completely and freely admitted to everything. Yeah. I believe um, when asked why he would kill her, he said, I killed her to eat her. He just, I'm sorry, blunt. to eat her flesh. And he just tells everyone. Mm-hmm. He really doesn't. He doesn't think that what he's doing is strange at all. No, in he fact, just... he finds it strange that other people don't find it normal. Yeah. Which is which is how you know, um, like antisocial personality disorder works is that you don't understand how people couldn't possibly understand people who don't want to do this all the time, and in fact, he seeing the outrage has put a public like notice up pretty much to say like hey anybody who wants to kill me I hope it's a beautiful woman because I could see no better way to go out than that I have notes about that later Mm -hmm. um he was when he was standing trial his descriptions were so detailed and just so strange that the judge couldn't wrap his head around them. He's just like, who is this man? So he decided that he wasn't competent to stand trial and had to be delusional. Mm-hmm. And uh, during the time of the trial, of course, his family came in. His parent got a very, like, very expensive lawyer to get him, who actually deferred the judgment for two years mm-hmm. somehow, even yeah. though they found him with the body in his house. They were able to keep putting everything off until finally he got um, the, get, basically got the charge saying that like he's insane. Um, he can't be put, kept on trial. He spent his time um, in Paris at the Paul Girard Asylum. Um, where he saw three different psychiatrists that all said he would never be cured. They, in fact, one of them specifically said that he is a menace to society. He needs to be kept in a sane asylum for the rest of his life. He is a danger to everyone around him. Mm-hmm. As I mean, actually, not, probably not himself. He probably is so. He he, he hates himself, but he plans on getting stronger. He, he plans yeah. on getting stronger as opposed to other ones who are like, you know, constant alcoholics. Someone like a Dahmer who wouldn't kill until he was unless he was blackout drunk and then was just like, I didn't even realize I was doing it till it was done. Um, while he was incarcerated, he started getting a lot of books about other cannibals, and that's when he realized, quote, I realized I was not so unusual. Yeah. He also says that he learned how to commit the crime without getting arrested. By reading about all these I'm, other I'm guys. I'm sure I'm sure it would have worked out perfectly for him. Yeah. I completely believe that, you know, he doesn't just see himself as better than everyone else and able to outsmart, you know, 500 cops as just one man. So his father, um, Akira Sagawa, president of Kurito Water Industries in Tokyo, worked out a deal in 1984 to have him transferred to the Matsuzawa Psychiatric in Japan. Um, but the superintendent there felt that he should be in prison. Like, he just... Like, every other... The psychiatric individual like that he saw yeah they all said no i don't even want him here I, he He's, needs this, to this be in prison is, this guy is terrifying there's no saving this guy he needs to be kept away from everyone yeah um but much to that guy's disliking they let sagawa go free after just 15 months of being there mm-hmm. in 1985 so after just five years he was set free and even granted a passport to germany Oh, that's good. Yeah, because where this his guy should women be traveling are. everywhere. Yeah. That's where his favorite women are, even. It's just... And he didn't even spend that time in prison. You know? Yeah. He just... Not that being in a psych ward is great. It's a lot better, though. Yeah. And in fact, um, had he spent any time in prison, he... Well, this is American prison system, so I'm not sure about everywhere else. In America, he would have been killed because, it, like, men who hurt women and rape women and and, and kill women or uh, children as well, he they, have they have to get so, put into a special like, prison. Like, high profile, then he might have been kept by himself. Yeah, he would have had to because people would have tried to kill him. And really just, he... 
just feeds off of he loves being a public figure yes oh it's his favorite he just completely feeds off of it so having him in a psychiatric ward where he's constantly being studied and talked to by all these different psychiatrists is just like it's just enabling him yeah that's why a lot of the like serial killers like to start talking about these axes that you know they got. They basically are getting off on on telling them so much. All these details, like BTK, and, he just yeah. loves it. <laughs> and and he uh, went on record later saying the public has made me the godfather of cannibalism, and I'm happy about that. I'll mm-hmm. always look through the eyes of a cannibal. Mm-hmm. He's stoked on not only being so well known, but being somehow known as like. And for a lot of people, like, one of the most prolific cannibals just because he kind of got away with everything he wanted to do. And he just... He's agreed to appear in Japanese porn films. He's written four novels. He Mm -hmm. has a documentary about himself. He has many, like, pictures that he's drawn himself. And he has a book where he has other people paint as well for him. And he has, like, under different names, gotten women to pose nude for him. Probably for his art. It's just like, he gets away with so much, it's ridiculous. I believe it's finally starting getting... I mean, he probably is using other names for these things, but it's getting hard, finally starting to get harder for him because no one wants to hire him now that absolutely everyone knows who he is. Yeah. And that he's... um. He, he was writing reviews for this uh, magazine called Spa. Like, like, they're not hiring anymore, so he's not able to write reviews. He tried the only to thing he could a, do was publish his own books. Yeah, he tried to write a comic book about his actions. Mm-hmm. He edited an anthology of cannibal fantasies. And he was featured on the cover of Japanese Gourmet Magazine. Ooh. Yeah, smart um, move, Japanese Gourmet Magazine. Um, later on, uh, after one of his uh, later books titled Extremely Intimate Fantasies of Beautiful Girls, he went to say, I hope that people who read it will at least stop thinking of me as a monster. Nope. As if this would, like, justify your actions. As if, like, well, maybe they'll, go, they'll come I'll around to it. I'll explain it to them. If I explain it enough, they'll get it. Look, I'm not the only one who put pictures in here. I got other artists, too. So... Um, as you said, he openly invites beautiful women to come forward and try to kill him because that would be his ultimate way to die. Or his second option for best way to die. Did you read that one? Yes, I believe so. Drowning in female saliva. Mm-hmm. Mm. He said that um, if a woman would want to come kill him, that they should be beautiful and that at first he said, I would hope that it would be a quick death, uh, but I changed my mind because I wouldn't be able to savor it if I didn't feel any pain. There would be no pleasure in it if I died immediately. Um, before we finish up, the... the This segment? Yeah. <laughs> the killer. <laughs> the big bad boy. I forgot to mention that... He thinks that his um, desires kind of stemmed from this dream that he had as a child. Um, it's kind of a, like a recurring dream that, that he started having as an adult, too. But the dream started as him and his brother, like, stewing in a pot, and they were going to be eaten by someone. Um, later, when he would have the dream, sometimes he was the one being consumed, or sometimes he was the one consuming the person. So that was, like spilling into his yeah you know Thoughts dream like worlds that too are um basically the mind um going through it's like oh i'm into this different thing and like you just basically again most men um, will have these thoughts before they turn 15 and like that's where it's not like it happened you know you didn't at 35 go I wonder <laughs> what's it like killing and eating a woman and maybe raping her I don't know yeah. let's see how that goes It's you've been thinking this and have had this feeling and it's escalated and you've even had attempts and failed attempts and you're, you're getting off on trying at a certain point well, lastly, before we finish up with him, just to leave you with something that makes you feel really great. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is he walking free, obviously he's in the care of his brother now, um, but he has openly stated that he would like to eat someone again before he dies. Um, 
uh, a, a better note is that he's in the care of his brother because he he has a um, disease that leaves him leaves it hard for him to walk, so he can't like move around very well. So that's good. That's yeah. That makes me feel a little better. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, but in the interviews where he mentions wanting to eat people again, there was one where he even talks about how he he loves um, June and the mm-hmm. spring and summer times because that's when it starts getting hot. The women start wearing shorts or shorter dresses yeah. so he can see their thighs all the time. And he points out that just the other day he had seen a woman with um, especially large, beautiful um, thighs and buttocks, and he just couldn't stop thinking about how he yeah. would like to eat her. Um, I believe uh, that at the same, like that's where this quote comes from. Um, when I see a beautiful girl riding the train, I feel like eating her. When I see things like that, I think about wanting to eat someone again before I die. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just makes me feel real comfortable. He's a cool guy. He's got he's got cannibal eyes. He's probably gonna eat somebody at least willingly before he dies because he can't really go around and get someone. Mm-hmm. And he has is basically just straight up like, I'm gonna regret living if I don't eat someone. Better get on it. It's pretty strange. Yeah, he's a cool guy. I guess. Or whatever. I think that uh, the first time I heard about him, I, I came home and I said, oh, Vincent, I have this man you're just going to love. <laughs> and then I made you read about him and, and um, you were like, I don't know why I'm going to love him. Um, <laughs> actually, um, that is uh, th- the same reason uh, why uh, you came and got excited about something like that is why I'm, I, I figured out what gift I'm going to get you for Christmas. Really? Yes. I believe you'd be very excited about it. I hope you are. Um, is it Issei Sagawa's book? I wish. I was considering a book, um, but it went... Is it the Ouija board book guy? The Pesozo book? No. Oh, oh man. There's I could get these two, though. No. <laughs> uh, stocking stoppers. Look at these prices. Maybe they have Black Friday sale. Hey, happy Thanksgiving out there. I hope it's What's-His-Face's album. What's-His-Face's? Uh, Threaten. Oh, Threaten. <laughs> Uh, everyone listen to Threatened. Don't do uh-huh. it. Don't listen. Uh, it's a, uh, it's a it's a beautiful man. Um, also, uh, listen to um, Charlie Manson's, Manson's music. It's fine. It's something. It's fine. It's not bad. It exists. It's folky. It's also, much better than it exists. Check out Ringo Starr's artwork. Your baby. Apparently that's how they spell yeah, baby. <laughs> Apparently. I don't know this, but I've heard through the grapevine about your baby. As well. well go look at go if you look up anything, look up your baby. Also just look up pictures of Isaac because He's gross. He's don't strange dive man. too deep because you'll immediately see the pictures of Go to murderpedia.org, look him up, look at the very graphic photo gallery too, very graphic. Explicit. It's very graphic. Don't look at it, they're saying. Vincent? Yes? Do you have a yokai to tell me about? I got, I got a little guy to talk about. Tell me. Um, Welcome to Yokai Watch. Uh, name subject to change. <laughs> um, also, music was supposed to happen for it. Yokai Watch. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um... So, uh, this is another uh, Tsuko Mogami. Uh, let me uh, face the camera. Ju- er, the camera. Face the... <laughs> We're also recording I'm, this for nobody. I'm the camera. Uh, let me face the microphone um, and take that again, just in case. This is another Tsuko Mogami, um, which is an inhabitant of a household item. So, before it was a like little umbrella? umbrella guy. There's, uh, there's all kinds. I don't want to talk too much about them, because I'm going to have to talk to him about them later. And every time you get to look them up, it's uh, like a fun little adventure. Yeah. Um, so this one uh, is known as a shogoro, or a um, ghost gong, or a gongoro. I don't know why gongoro because gongoro is like a style which is relative to like a, a god. I'm not. I didn't ha- um, look up exactly the use for these gongs. Oh yeah, um, gongoro is scary. Gongoro, yeah, it's, it's it's like a girl who like. It's literally like a, a girl who wears too much makeup, has like black skin and large lips. Not even black, like fake tan skin it's and large fake lips. Tan. It's like yeah, Paris it's Hilton it's very in the 90s. and like I believe people see it as like racist on accident because they think I it's like. I typed in Gongoro and the first thing that came up was Gongoro blackface. 
Yeah, it's not. Um, it's because there's a there's like a, a Japanese god who looks like that specifically. It uh, people accidentally I, I I like looked it up once because I was like, is that racist? And I wanted to know because um, there's a character in Japanese Gangoro Girls: A History of Racism in Fashion. No, well, maybe it is racist. <laughs> it feels racist. Maybe I had a um. Uh, had, had a biased look outlook on it. I mean, it just looks like girls are from the 2000s with bad spray tans. Yeah, it looks more like California girl. Yeah. With too much. I'm saying like orange. Paris Hilton. Yeah. Ugh, it's weird. Um, so not them. Uh, okay. Ghost Gong. That's where how we're at. How do you at. spell the show? Show girl one. Show girl. It's about how it sounds. S H O G O R O, I believe. Unless I wrote it wrong. Or you could maybe do Ghost Gong. Um, oh, okay. I and Shogos are the small, um, like, golden gongs you see during, um, like, religious processions. And sometimes you'll see, like, guys who are trying to sell something have little gongs they hit with a teeny mallet. I want um, one. They're little bowl-shaped gongs that are hit with a tiny mallet and are used, um, like I said, in religious service. Sorry, now I'm reading. The first part was off the top of my head. Um... So, uh, it says that one that is very old and has perhaps, um, in, in, like, not being used anymore for the services, or perhaps, uh, something very sad has been, you know, it has witnessed, or, like, a murder has oh. been nearby. Those are the ones that will Somebody most likely become a Tsukumagomi. the gong mallet. The, it would probably, I bet there's a mallet demon and it'd become just the mallet. Oh, it doesn't, it's not the hammer, too? It is actually both, but I bet it would just become, ah, you, I don't know. I was thinking they'd bash you with the gong. Oh. I think the mallet, I think the mallet would break before it killed you. Meanwhile, the gong is, like, has some metal on it. Um, I think the gold is, like, leafing, like, it's on the outside, it's probably, I believe they're all wooden. That might could be enough, whatever. Um... My favorite part about them is that they're entirely non-threatening, even cute, most likely, because they're like little turtle guys, sort of walking around with a little gong. Oh, yeah. They're probably running around at night. And the most they'll do is like, no, you maybe keep you up at night because they're gonging around, just like, hey, I'm a, I'm a monster over here, while you're trying to sleep. So that's kind of cool. Um, and the uh, story uh, that I have written down about it is. Um, Yodoya of Osaka. Um, so the uh, Yodoya family was an immensely wealthy merchant family who dealt in rice trades. Um, and being a merchant is like a lower class. You know, those aren't like kings or, or princes and knights yeah. and all that thing. They're, they're more lower class, even though they can become very, very rich and became the upper class in, you know, our society, obviously. Um, so... In the fifth generation boss, Yoya Tatsugoro, he actually lived this crazy, lavish life, all kinds of money. Um, his prized possession was this beautiful golden chicken known as Kogane no Niwatori. Which, Wait, is he a real chicken or like a... I believe it's an idol. Um, I don't think it's a real a real golden chicken. Huh. But uh, just so you uh, know, Kogane no Niwatori translates to golden chicken, pretty much. Okay. Um, it's a pretty literal translation. Um, so basically he caught ire by the Japanese shogunate, which are like the military police. Um, they also go by the Bakufu, a military government that existed between 1192 and 1868. So very long time. I believe it was more so the, um, the government like, uh, system was that they had like the shogunate running everything pretty much. And like, they were just the people in power. Um, so they saw this lower class merchant and he had all this wealth and they were just like, no, no, I'm sick of it. Uh, That's not cool. (laughs) So they just go and they like take everything from him. They take absolutely everything from him and they leave this, this family just with absolutely nothing. I'm sure the the rest of the family probably scattered or living together in in squalor. And, (coughs) um, Tazagoro was so sad. He died. What? He was so sad that he died. That's he the just, worst. He just he had was in so much despair. He lost mm-hmm. everything, all been... of his possessions, his job, his career, as well his prized possession of a golden chicken, and he died. Have you ever been so sad that you just died? I think once, yeah. 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 It was. It was bummer. That's bummer, man. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. <laughs> um, 
That's I'm gonna change it to that, and then Sega will hate us. <laughs> I love you, Sega. Sega. Um, <laughs> um. So after he died, since he was so sad, there was such a like there was so much despair in the air about it. He couldn't quite pass on. His soul felt weighted down to the, to the earth. He decided that he would take over the golden chicken. Um, but their assumption is that he must have gotten, like, a little confused, um, because the, uh, the katakana for the word gong and golden, um, uh, yeah, whatever, whatever, um, f- uh, form of, uh, uh, Japanese writing, I'm not sure which one, it can be, uh, read, uh, both, uh, it, well, they, they both can be read as kane, so he accidentally so attached ko- to a gong. Kane and yeah. kane. Yeah, so he he uh, accidentally attached himself to a gong instead of a his fa- his fa- favorite prized golden chicken, and then he became a little shogoro. And have you ever been so sad that you turn yourself into a gong on that, accident? That while looking around, you see a gong and you're like chicken, <laughs> gold chicken. I mean, this and guy should have like I don't know like l- listened to in his Japanese classes. I mean, he was rich. He probably didn't have any. He probably just took business classes. You're right. Mm. Who needs to read and write when you can just tell the guy that you pay to read and write to do the things the way you want? He just had the brains, maybe, which he probably didn't. Um, but that's a show, though. They're very cute. I suggest to look them up. Uh, Jaws, your own little cute guy. Yeah. Um, and we'll get it tattooed on our body somewhere. Oh, no. Yeah, maybe well, you'll see. What was the umbrella called? Uh, um, I totally want to get one. I forgot how bad I wanted one. Um, give me a second here to flip and make a bunch of noise. Uh, it's in my other book. You know, if I ever die and haunt something, I hope that I haunt an object, not like a house. Um, I hope that I haunt an adult store. Oh, no. Why not? That's gross. What's gross about it? It's totally natural. That's like saying pooping is gross. Or like eating. Or like scratching like an itch. Or or like wearing glasses is gross. Or farts. I hope that I haunt um, our our adult scissors. So then when I (laughs) when somebody like picks them up to cut something, when a child picks it up, then I go nope, and then I like make them mess up what they're cutting because I'm like adults only. You don't like hurt them. No, that'd be mean. You're the only reason you would stay is because you can't pass on. Yeah. So, why would I hurt them? Because you're bitter about something, most likely. I'm bitter about them using my scissors. Exactly. So you'd probably kill them. Would oh, you think definitely. the girl from Grudge was just like, stop watching my videotape? That's the, the grudge. ring. <laughs> I don't remember what the grudge has a grudge the, about. The grudge is like, get out of my house. I, you married me and killed me, I think. I think so, yeah. I think that was it. Is there, whatever her name is. That beautiful woman. I need to watch the grudge again. I want to learn about uh, next uh, uh, podcast, movie podcast, uh, Ring and Grudge. What's the difference? Okay. And Freddy. What? <laughs> she kind of like lives in Nightmare World. It's not the same. That's not what I said. We can do um, ring. Ooh. Yeah, grudge and um, that <laughs> grudge you. Grudge you. <laughs> and that one uh, where they take pictures on their honeymoon and there's a girl on them. I don't know. She what looks that one just is. like that girl. It probably is the same girl because they use it. I believe she that she actually falls under a, a type of yokai. I think. I think I'm not certain, but there's someone who is um. It's a, a yokai of, like, miscarriages or something, or, like, b- pregnancy, and she looks very similar with the long hair. Oh, really? Yeah. She's basically, uh, what's-her-face from last week, then? Sure, why not? Remember? Yeah, yeah, uh, Pazoo's girlfriend, Lamashtu. Yeah, Lamashtu. Lamashtu. Uh, yeah. Oh, fun. Well, I think that's it. For this week, I guess so. Um, go out and need someone. Homework. Oh, don't. <laughs> no, don't. No. Go out and stop someone from eating someone for yeah. your homework. 
That one. Go out and read. And then leave, leave a leave a comment about how how you did it. Yeah. Let me know. Um, read read that guy's book. Let me know how it is. Um, don't let her know how it is. It may be a Christmas gift. Yeah. Don't don't let me know. <laughs> I feel like I have to get you that book now. <laughs> I really also don't want to give him money though. Yeah. Buy it secondhand. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want that secondhand. Never mind. What do you think they're doing to it? I don't know. <laughs> That's the problem. You're right. Pazuzu could have just made him just jerk off all over all the books in town with well, his name on book. it. The other book. Which is the other book? It's a cannibal book. Oh, the cannibal book. Yeah. I'll give you a mechanical book instead. Ugh, that sounds boring. Yeah, probably. But you won't want to eat things. Well, you can... Have a nice day. See you later. <laughs> You can follow us on all the normal places. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Random Insta. At Horrors and Hexes Podcast. And you can uh, find our website where we give updates on episodes. And you can listen to the episodes on all the great places like iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And you can leave a review on iTunes, please. Yeah. Or send us an email, uh, horrorsandhexes at gmail.com. Anything else, Vincent? No, I think we're good. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> Later.